This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Oh, we've heard from this person that that person says that they might want to come back to the table. And Willis. I would love to go on an Orson Welles binge. That would be wild. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Here we go, dear listeners. We're back from a Megapixels week. We're back into our general industry news. And um, there's some industry news going on. A little bit. Um, I feel like there's going to be industry news going on for, well... That sounds stupid, but like, <laughs> there's some intense stuff going on, and I feel like this is going to continue for a while. But to start, we're going to talk about something we haven't, well, not we really, really talked about. We're going to talk about the Barbenheimer effect, yeah, um, and what what's going on, where we're at, uh, what it means, and just how, I guess, yeah. Um, spoiler free because I still have not seen either, which is on brand for me. So <laughs> if you're expecting me to have seen the latest releases immediately, uh, welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. Uh, yes. Yes. I don't do that. <laughs> and then, uh, we're going to touch back in with the writer's strike and the SAG after strike, um, and talk about where we're at in terms of schedule. Yeah. Because the strikes dragging on. Uh, dragging is a bad word. The strikes continuing on for this long mm-hmm. um, is starting to push the schedule um, yeah. of releases for all kinds of stuff. And it's changing the face of the uh, the industry here. Yes. Um, the landscape. So we're going to run through that. We're going to run through what different productions are doing, what, um, what's been delayed and, uh, and what we're looking at. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But before we do all that, Josh, you want to walk us through what actually is being released this week? Yes, as we still have some things that are coming out uh, this week. For theaters, um, we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated feature produced by Seth Rogen with an insane cast, which looks actually pretty wonderful. Um, Having seen the trailers now, it looks... Surprisingly so, yeah. Really fun. It looks like it's taking a play out of uh, Spider-Verse's playbook with kind of a very eclectic art style which i always love yeah. they're pushing boundaries it looks very much like a sketchbook or like something mm-hmm. it just looks really really cool um so that's coming out on august 2nd and then of course i mean we've got the big one uh the meg 2 or actually it's not the meg 2 it's just meg 2 the trench coming on august 4th which is uh strangely enough a, a, a movie directed by ben wheatley who's actually a phenomenal filmmaker and i don't know what is going on here but like he's now doing the sequel to one of the worst movies the last 10 years the meg um i will be going to see this i don't i i don't know (laughs) i really don't know what's going on here um megalodons i think are for some reason in the public eye (laughs) it makes you wonder if he reached for it if he was like i want this franchise i mean Maybe. Because I'm sure they'd have been happy to give it to anyone who stepped up. Yes. Yes. And he just happens to be a good filmmaker. And this, you know, who knows? Jason Statham is back. More Megalodons. We'll see what happens. Um, yes. So that's it for theaters. There's nothing but good stuff to see. Uh, for streaming, for shows, we have Reservation Dogs coming back for season three on both FX and Hulu. I will say um, 
it premieres on FX and then Hulu picks it up the next day. So technically August 3rd for FX, August 4th for Hulu. Uh, we also have The Lincoln Lawyer Part 2 Season 2 coming back on Netflix on the 3rd, which I don't know. The reason I liked The Lincoln Lawyer was because McConaughey was in it. So I don't Yeah. I don't really get this, but we're getting multiple I, seasons. So It does seem to be kind of just like here's a format we can here's a name brand we can attach to a law show yeah yeah and like put it on a streamer call it a day so yeah who knows um and then we have the lost flowers of alice hart coming to prime on the fourth don't know too much about that but it is an original series which is cool and that's kind of it that's that's coming out this week guys um like i said there's a ton of stuff to see in theaters so don't let this dissuade you at all and without further ado let's talk i will say also I will say also we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three on Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, yes, on Wednesday, yes. So it's a good call. That will that will no doubt be on my tuned in next week because I am excited to see that one. It is good. It's a good movie. I can't wait for you to see it and and get your thoughts on it because it's it's a different kind of Marvel film. But yes. Um. So yeah, that's what's coming this let's, week. Uh, and without further let's get into ado, the episode. Talk about Barbenheimer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So as we said, Josh has seen both of these movies. Uh, by the time you've listened to this, he's seen both of them multiple times. Yep. Uh, I have seen them zero times. So we're averaging one time a piece. Yes. Um, Which means zero spoilers. We're not going to talk about the plot or yes, anything. Zero spoilers. Um, yeah. I'm actually enthused. I feel like I have very little idea what Barbie's actually about. That's perfect. I am seeing like a little little things here and there, like YouTube trying to throw me like this scene from Barbie. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not. No. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen anything major spoilery. Um, that's great. Um, and I'm like, I don't know if they're like, I don't know if that's just because there's not really a thing that could be spoiled, you know, in the same vein as like the Marvel spoilers used to be. Right. Like the stinger. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where it's like, holy shit, you know. Um, God, I can't even think of any of them off the top of my this head. This person showed up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's one of the big reveals from... I mean, you could, you know, No Way Home, you know. Yeah, there you go. Spidey's that, that, show. That would up. work, yep. Um, but even that was spoiled for us long before we knew. Like, it's been, it's been a while yeah. since there's a movie that, like, one can't really be spoiled because it's like, what would you be spoiling other than the plot, I guess? Or some of the cameos, yeah. but... Um, but yeah, it's different. And the same with Oppenheimer. It's like, yeah, you know, what do you, it's a fucking, I, I, I know what happens in Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. I'm there for the ride. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're two weeks into the release now. Yeah. Um, just about it's been through two weekends. Um, Barbie well on its way to joining the billion dollar club, honestly, probably has by the time you're listening to this. It's very possible. Um, you know, I think we're around, See here. I can read the numbers off. I got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. So as of the as of this recording, which is Monday, it's been eleven days since both films released um in theaters. As of right now being Monday, or actually as of Sunday, because that's when the box off the it hadn't fully updated. Yeah. Uh Barbie has made seven hundred and seventy four point five million dollars worldwide. Three hundred and fifty one million of that is domestic. Um which is just 11 days man that's insane yeah for a movie like this what the fuck (laughs) and for a movie where like word of mouth i think is being super helpful totally 
It's a terrible way to phrase that, but like it's, right. you know, it's, it's weekend. People thought it was going to crater. Yeah. It's second weekend. And it, it went down a fair amount, but like, but not as much as most, I other mean, it movies. went down from 162 million to 93 million. So I'm like, not that's, bad. You know, that's a pretty good number to be pulling in on the second, uh, second weekend. So yeah, I mean, this is a, um, summer blockbuster juggernaut for sure. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like you can't say blockbuster juggernaut. I feel like those mean the same thing. They kind of do. Uh, summer, yeah. <laughs> summer blockbuster juggernaut. Summer blockbuster. Yeah. It's the summer blockbuster. SBJ. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so I mean, Barbie is killing it and so is Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. Do you have numbers for, for Oppenheimer there? I do have numbers for Oppenheimer. So again, as of this recording, um, as of Sunday, Oppenheimer has grossed $400 million worldwide. $174 million of that is domestic. And I just want to point out two more statistics. One, Barbie has not dipped below $20 million a day since its release. And Oppenheimer wow. has not dipped below $10 million a day since its release. Every single day. For people who don't go to the theaters that often and don't pay attention to box office, this hasn't happened in years. Like, this isn't like yeah. a, oh, well, you know, Flash or whoever. Like, this hasn't happened in forever. And to be quite honest, like, I was talking to you before the pod. Like, I was looking for alternate Barbie tickets and or Oppenheimer tickets. And mm -hmm. every day this week is sold out or or one seat remaining across the board for both films. Like... That doesn't yeah. happen anymore, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it, it, it's so hard to um, talk about one without the other. Yeah, because I think they are both kind of pulling each other higher. They're feeding off each other um, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the whole lead up was was crazy. Um, the marketing for both of them was crazy and like. You know, every time you saw Barbie, you immediately also thought of Oppenheimer and vice versa. Right. Um, so like there's the that weird kind of thing going on. But like you you talk about Barbie and like, you know, it's the second movie of the year that's going to break the billion dollar mark. Yes. Um, the first being Super Mario Brothers, which like I feel like is kind of like, yeah, like of course. as much as we were like whatever about it, it's Mario. It's the biggest video game or second largest video game franchise of all time. But like, right. but Barbie and I mean, Barbie is no, you know, small franchise on its own, but true. But a PG 13 Greta Gerwig film is different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm just like kind of blown away. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was going to be big, but I don't think anybody anticipated this big. No. And I think it really kind of pulls into much sharper focus where audiences are these days. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think last year the only billion dollar movies we got were Multiverse of Madness, right? That didn't break a billion. No? Nope. Avatar would have been last year. Yeah, Avatar and Top Gun. Which broke two. Yeah, Avatar and Top Gun. All right, yeah. But Top Gun so also, like, like, what? Like, why would that? Top Gun also, <laughs> a, a, I feel like Top Gun was like the precursor. For sure. Top Gun was the kind of thing of like, here's kind of a franchise that like you might be, you might know about Top Gun. 
you know, sure. here's Tom Cruise and his biggest kind of thing of all time. But uh, I feel like it's a, a kind of a nail in the coffin to the superhero yes. franchise because we don't have to like the conversation when we say billion dollar movie isn't superheroes anymore. No. Like at all. No. They're pushed out completely. I think no Way Home was the last one to cross a billion. Yeah. Um, that was 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's interesting because like the money's there, dear Hollywood. Like people are gonna, people are willing to go to movies yeah. in droves um, and you're not like fixated on a superhero genre. Right. And arguably, I mean, like you put Barbie and Top Gun next to each other. You're not like fixated on like an action thing no. either. It's, it's to like hashtag math podcast on it. Like you have your formula right for what was a billion dollar movie. And Barbie just doesn't fit that formula. Right. Like at all. Like you could, you could make an argument about Top Gun of how it's like the same kind of mentality. It's like, here's, you know, the guy who's got the special abilities to get the job done kind of thing. Totally. But Barbie, and again, not having not seen Barbie, but like, I don't think it's a superhero movie. It's not. I mean, I guess you could you know, argue that it is, but it's not. Like, it really isn't. And I, I think something that's really important about this entire thing, and you can fold Avatar The Way of Water and Top Gun Maverick into this too. It's like mm-hmm. the through line for these films. And I don't even want to, I'll get to No Way Home in a second, but the main qualifier for these movies is that they're all really good. Like whether or not you think like whether or not you're an avatar person or not, it's hard to deny that avatar, the way of water is a good movie. You might not have liked it. It might be too long, but it is a good movie. Top Gun Maverick is a good movie. Whatever you think about Tom Cruise and these two movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer are both really good movies. And for the longest time, Superhero films were were building off of the momentum that what you were going to see was going to be like Endgame, like an Avengers yeah. spectacle film. Mm-hmm. And when you go back, I don't know if you've revisited No Way Home since theaters. <laughs> I know you have. It's, you made this comment a couple times. It's not a good movie. It's barely a movie at all. Like it really is engineered for the final hour where you're sitting yeah. there like oh look at this when you're actually sitting down to watch it you're like this doesn't really hang together at all it's actually pretty hard to get through because it's not a full movie yeah and that doesn't work like we've gotten even guardians 3 which is interesting like it is so far removed from what marvel films usually are that it has a heart and a soul and a through line yeah. and it's not just about all these cameos that come in which doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and thor love and thunder struggled with a lot where they were like this is part of something bigger and you're going into it expecting you know reed richards or whoever to come through yeah and now people are kind of like huh we've been burned about five times since then do we want to go back <laughs> and see well, Flashpoint, and here's the thing you know? <laughs> here's the thing i'll i'll throw out there in that kind of mentality is all these movies that you're talking about, No Way Home, uh, Multiverse of Madness, even like back to like Endgame and Infinity War. Yeah. It's like they're not movies that you go back to to watch the whole movie. They're movies you find on YouTube they're and YouTube watch clip. the big scenes. Yep. 
You know, I mean, like I watch the final fight from Endgame pretty often. All the time. Yeah. You know, like it, it I mean, and it is an incredible undertaking, an incredible piece of filmmaking for sure. It gets me going. Um, yeah. It, like you can start it at like the moment when like Cap is all but defeated there. Yeah. And just like from that, you're like strapped in and here you go. But like the rest of it, I'm like, I, I couldn't tell you really like. I know they like rescue Tony Stark from space and then like I couldn't tell you what happens in the next period of time in that movie. But I like know all of these watchable clips right by heart, you know, and that's kind of what all of this Marvel stuff has has unfolded into is just like, here's the clip show that here go find this scene online. Right. Which is not something that you do for Top Gun, although I have definitely watched the final dogfight scene with Top Gun for sure, too, but like. But there's that's all fed from the story. Yes. As opposed to the story being kind of like, how do we get to this? Right. You know? Um, yeah. And the same with Avatar and the same with with I'm assuming like Barbie. It's like yeah. it's meant to be consumed as a whole as opposed to like here are these huge tentpole scenes. Totally. That like, I mean, like you can go back even further to like Captain America Civil War. It's like I've watched the airport scene a thousand yeah. times. But like. The rest of it, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. And, and you're totally right. Like they became those you, you can find, if you can find the best parts of your movie by searching on YouTube, then there's a problem yeah. there. And with like, especially with Barbie or Oppenheimer, like you can find like moments that will make you go wow on YouTube. Yeah. But what makes those moments stick with you and land is, is the filmmaking same thing with Avatar? Same thing with Top Gun? Like you could, like you said, you could watch the dog fight. But the reason that means anything, and the and that what will take that to the next level, is the movie. Like watching the actual movie, which is something that doesn't happen that much anymore. And I think, yeah. you know, to go back to Barbie and Oppenheimer, part of the reason that people are so willing to go back and see these movies again is because we've been so starved for having a reason to do this and the fact mm -hmm. that people go out and everyone's dressed in pink or people are dressing in suits for Oppenheimer or whatever like you know I, I I've heard some criticisms like oh that's weird it's cringe it's like dude this is just how movies used to be like movies used to be yeah. events like it wasn't just you go to Spider-Man one dudes in a Spider-Man outfit it's like no people used to dress up for Star Wars movies they used to dress up for this stuff and like seeing this happen to Barbie like people are so willing to do that. Like there yeah. was no question. Like I'm going to see it tomorrow. Everyone's like, are we doing Barbie theme or are we doing pink? And I'm like, yeah, either one, let's do it. Like everyone is just, it's fun. It's an event. It's something to go and do versus just going to like, Oh, we got two hours to kick around. Let's go to the theater. It's like, no, yeah. we're going to go plan Barbie. Let's go see Barbie. Um, <laughs> I will say, uh, spoilers, I guess for tuned in on Sunday, but yeah. I went and saw, uh, Mission Impossible yeah. and when I came out at the end it was just a wall of pink yes. and I was like oh there must be a Barbie show starting yes yeah and like what I'm trying to get at is that movies at a theater should be an event like it should be an experience it shouldn't yeah. just be something that you go into with no expectation and just like uh, you know it was a nice two hour just waste of time basically like it should be something where like you're going to a ball game or a concert like you should be yeah you should be into well, it. And I think like Infinity War and Endgame were for sure events. Oh my God. Endgame you was know? the best theater experience um, I've ever had, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, and I mean, I think Avengers, the original Avengers was the best theater experience. I've True. Ever had. But like, True. um, 
but the past couple of years with the Marvels, with them Marvels and them the DCs, dang Marvels, they if it, it's felt like they're riding coattails. Yeah. Of yeah, like you're gonna go see the spectacle of this. So like you know whatever. But I I don't think that's working anymore. And I think Barbie and Oppenheimer are kind of grabbing that mentality and running with it. And yeah. Um. The big question I think becomes what will the response to this be? Yeah. From a studio side, which from the studio side. Yeah. Cause it's well, and it's tough to say like qualify or anything because like the strikes are shaking up the entire industry and changing the game completely. But like, you know, executives are still probably sitting in board meetings going, all right, like what does this mean? How can we do Um, this again? Yeah. I mean, like there's, we're gonna. It's inevitable. Sometime next year, we're gonna get some kind of pairing, and there's gonna like be some kind of cringy push to be like, see them back to back, right? And everyone's gonna be like, you're trying to be Barbie Oppenheimer, right? But you know, we talked a lot about in our megapixels last last week. Like, this is the new norm that we're coming into. Like, what's the um? If you're a studio, what's the what's the takeaway from this, right? And I want to say it's like make good movies, but it's I, not I, I feel like I can't say it make good movies because I like, and that's the thing I like, I don't think any studio is ever like, let's make a bad movie. No, you know, of course not. Um, this kind of stuff always, always happens. And like, you know, there's things down the road and all kinds of whatnot that happens. But like, I'm, that's the thing I'm, I'm like really curious about is like, what are we getting? What's, what's the lesson to be taken from Barbenheimer? It's tough to say. It is tough to say. I mean, the lesson, well, one, viral marketing works. Like, like this was not yes. a campaign. This was like two filmmakers happened to, like Nolan has had July 21st since The Dark Knight. And that's yeah. just the way he does it. And Gerwig, I think just, there was an opening and they they put it, there. like this wasn't I something mean, arguably, that was engineered. this was like initially counter-programming. It literally, yes. Like, yes. I, if I'm looking at Oppenheimer, I make that bet. You know, yeah. this is put the action movie against the rom-com on um, right. Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's the Dark Knight you know, v. Like, Mamma Mia back in Yeah, exactly. It's, um, or eight. was the one, uh, the Babysitter's Club and the original Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. back in 1995. Right. Six? I don't know. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's counter-programming. Like, that I get. But, like, I'm just curious. I'm like, what's the, what's, what do we go for to try and replicate this? Well, I will say, they've already basically said they being Warner brothers is like, we are raiding Mattel's vault and just green lighting poly yeah. pockets in every single, like, so they've already taken the wrong positive yeah. out of this, which is not that it's a Barbie IP. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, I don't give a fuck about Barbie. I care about Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie yeah. and Ryan Gosling and America Ferreira and like all of these amazing film uh, actors and filmmakers who came together to create a really good movie. That's not going to be the takeaway from these. Like it's just unfortunately not. What was what was oh, there was something we got where they did the same thing where it was like maybe it was Transformers, the original Transformers. Ooh. And then they were like here's Hasbro and that's when we got like Battleship battleship and the gi joes and all that kind of stuff yeah um i'm sure that's what it was actually yeah where it's like all right let's go find other toy ip and just like and go with it throw it at the wall and yeah and the funny part is it's like with gerwig 
she has now written a check that she can cash wherever and however she wants to. Like this is yeah. she already had that power a bit just making this, but now sure. it's like you are a you are a studio filmmaker, which is what she wanted to be. Well, and here's the thing. Going and raiding the Mattel IP warehouse or like the Hasbro IP warehouse or whatever. Yeah. I roll my eyes out, but like I could be convinced to watch like a Mr. Potato Head movie. If it's good, though, like that's the th- if Guillermo del Toro did an animated Mr. Potato Head movie. Oh, I'm in. I would watch the shit out of that. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like and I wonder if that's what we'll get is like, let's try and find an out of the box filmmaker who will do justice to this. Who will do this, you know? Oh, um, interesting. Because I think of like I think back because we were talking about Marvel so much. I think back to the original Iron Man with John Favreau and how he was kind of like the budget director that they could get right. to do it. And like that just, you know, happened to knock it out of the park because he went to bat for Downey Jr., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But like that was kind of like he had just done Zathura, which was like a middle of the line kind of thing. And they were like, yeah, he here's a safe director that's going to like do this. I'm like, mm-hmm. do we see the studios now start going after more like auteur filmmakers? To kind of knock this stuff out. I mean, do we get Damien Chazelle's Game of Life? <laughs> you know what I mean. I like, mean, it's not out of the question. It's just not like it's it's. The question is, how many of those auteur level directors are willing? Are willing to do that? Yeah. Well, that's the thing for Greta. Like this was a stepping stone, and she made it very clear. She's like, listen, th- this was a property that I knew that I could connect with and would get me to the next stage of my career yeah. if it does well. And, and she's rebooting the Chronicles of Narnia now. Exactly. Exactly. And she's yeah. doing what she wants to do, which is cool. And um I don't know, man. It's it's very, very strange. And it's funny because like even if you talk about Oppenheimer, like that's a complete like Nolan is one of those guys that even like Tenet came out in the middle of 2020 and COVID, it still made $300 million. I don't know yeah. how it just did. Like he's one of the most, if not the most bankable filmmaker maybe ever. I would say. It's safe to say he's the most bankable. Yeah, like he can make sci-fi, war films, biopics, or or Batman movies. They all gross three times their budget. Like, that's unheard of. So if the studios look at this and go, oh, man, you know, I think the through line here is that we have talented filmmakers getting to do exactly what they want. That's great. I just don't have faith that that's going to be the takeaway. I think it's going to be like, oh, Barbenheimer, how do we recreate the the double feature, you know? Or more to the point is like that, if that's the intention going forward and then it's like sacrifice after sacrifice and it's like, well, right. we can't get, you know, um, I use Guillermo del Toro and uh, Damien Chazelle that's as it. my two go-to. Jordan like, Peele. Like, yeah, we can't get Jordan Peele to do, um, you know, man, I pulled the first, I don't know, we can't get, <laughs> we can't get somebody to do this thing we want to do. Like, right. let's go for the, like, the next best, best thing after Jordan Peele. Right. Let's go for, you know, the next best next best thing next best thing next best thing mm-hmm. and then we're like yeah here's you know this director that's done a handful of tv episodes that's being handed you know um 200 million dollars and a you know <laughs> yeah give me battleship too right right you know. yeah um yeah give me monopoly oh god damn i could be into a monopoly thriller i could be i could be if it's like deeply deeply I mean, if you get if you get it in like the tetris yeah. Vein where it's like here is like you know a capitalistic like fight club-esque bullshit like mm-hmm. you know 
kind of th- at, at that conspiracy put a bad taste espionage in my mouth, but yeah yeah um, yeah i don't know so barbenheimer is um it's a thing man it's a thing it's going strong and these will no doubt be two of the biggest movies of the year if not the decade yeah absolutely <laughs> and um barbenheimer like is a term in cinema history yeah now yes like that's you know it's cold. say what you will but like i don't think there's ever been you know we've we've made a couple references to paired off films in the past that like yeah have been like this but culturally there there's never been an impact like this no and especially because they're both like not similar but are similar like in the weird kind yeah. of way where they're like almost polar opposites that deal with a similar kind of um theme it's just like i yeah. don't know how this could have worked out better like <laughs> yeah so, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that Hollywood sort of, like, could possibly take away from this. Um, but they kind of have bigger issues at the moment. They have their hands full, let's say. Um, so, the strikes continue. Mm-hmm. It's been 90 days for the Writers Guild mm-hmm. uh, since they started striking on May 2nd. Uh, and it's been 17 days for SAG-AFTRA since they started striking on July 14th. Mm-hmm. So we're into it. 90 days is three months. That's a hell of a long time. Without um, being paid a Without dime? being paid and without having any writers. Like, you know, looking from the studio side, I'm like, do you guys realize that you don't have writers? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, 17 days since SAG struck and kind of shut everything down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say we can, we can talk about this for a minute. Uh, not everything was shot down. Yep. Um, shut down. I don't know why I said shot down. So okay. not everything was shut down. Um, a 24 immediately pretty much complied with all of SAG's demands and they were like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and they have been given a green light. Um, there's a couple little things here and there, um, that are, mm-hmm. they're holding out. Uh, I will say, uh, shout out to Viola Davis. Um, who her new film G20 uh, was given a SAG after a waiver and allowed to continue production. Um, but she was like, nah, <laughs> you know, she, uh, they, she basically said like, it's not appropriate to do this production while we're striking in the middle of a fucking strike. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a strike, like cool that they like, you know, are, are willing to like, do what's needed to get a waiver and things like that. But like in solidarity, you know, solidarity. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then there's also Brad Pitt's formula one film, which seemingly was trying to get around it and keep going. Mm-hmm. It's a little fishy. I don't really know what's going on there. Um, yeah, but that one has also finally shut down. Um, yes, there's, I think because Cruz had something similar to say about a lot of this stuff. It's like, there's something with the big, massive, especially male actors that I've noticed is like, no, like I, we're not doing like, no, like not because yeah. they don't agree, but it's like, we're in the middle of fucking production. Like, do you know how much this is? Like, I think there's like something going yeah. on there where it's like, you know, but again, and not for nothing either too, but they are executive producers on both those films. Exactly. You know? So like and it is a, on each of those films and trust me, losing a location and it's a whole thing, man. Like (laughs) I get it. It's tough. And like, honestly, there are a lot of things that are shut down right now that are just never going to come back up. Right. And for Brad Pitt's F1, like they were shooting on like at the actual races. So like there was a, like they were shooting during the races. So it's like, 
pushing it isn't really wasn't an option for them like yeah even though it should have yeah been. it's not like they can pick it up again in like two months right, it's like the races will like be that. over it's yeah like, yeah you got it that's a massive delay right but anyway um so yeah so shout out viola davis mm-hmm. for for standing in solidarity um yes but yeah so in the like things have been shut down mm-hmm. um we are basically getting to the point where everything that's going to be released is getting shifted back. Yes. Because even if a show is done or a movie is done, part of SAG's kind of strike contract, if you could say that, mm-hmm. if you could call it strike regulations. Yep. There you go. Um, is no promotional work. Right. So, you know, we're not going out and, and promoing stuff, um, you know, to, to, to raise awareness of these films and things like that. So like that is going to, affect the box office of that thing um the main thing i'm referencing here and i don't know why i'm not just calling it out is dune um yeah dune has been pushed back um i believe to next year yes because dune has a massive cast is a massive tentpole film yep um and like to just not do any promotion for it um would probably be pretty devastating to the box office absolutely you know, um, I think there are a lot of people that would go see Dune anyway, but I think there were a lot, there would be a lot of people that would be like, oh yeah, Dune. Right. You know, that are going to get reminded by all the, the promo work. Um, for sure. And it's funny because like the big massive films, like there isn't as big of a chance that they're not going to at least be profitable, but like Dune is nothing but stars. Like, yeah. across the board, it's just, like, A-lister after A-lister, and it really does mean something for those A-listers to be out. And and I don't just mean doing red carpet walks, but, like, doing varieties, actors on actors, doing the wired yeah. Google search, like, doing all of these things that are, like, brings the movie to people who might not know that it's coming. Like, that's really yeah. the point of these things. It's not, like, to me and you, like, oh, exactly. season day on the red carpet. It's like, I was going to go see Dune no matter what happens, you know? But it's for those people who don't know. And for the smaller movies, that is literally, like, suicide. Like, to yeah. not have that is insane, which is, we'll get into some of the delays in a second. But, like, that's why a lot of those are getting pushed. It's because... You, that's the promotion that's the marketing like you can't have marketing like without without that kind of stuff um yeah which is a problem <laughs> yeah like the big stuff arguably people might know about but anything that's like sub you know a list is is gonna get hurt um yeah but even the big so stuff they're like- push so they're pushing everything back is where we're getting there's no seemingly no end in sight um yep to either of these strikes i haven't even heard anything of them like continuing to negotiate or anything like that i think they're just at a standstill um i don't know if you've heard anything different but i heard murmurings that the amptp like have said they want to come back to the table but i don't it's just rumor like i don't there's no substantiated anything it's just like oh we've heard from this person that that person says that they might want to come back to the table so like nothing's in stone yeah as of right now being monday and like, you know, even if both, like, even if both, or I guess all three groups come back to the table, mm-hmm. you know, there's no guarantee that like, that's going to mean anything, you know? Right. Like they seem so far apart that it, 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 it feels like we're in this for a, a while. Yes. Very much so. Um, and I mean, like, you know, we're, we're saying the WGA has been on strike for three months. That's like crazy. 
Imagine um, not working for three months and not collecting unemployment. Like, imagine. It's, it's I couldn't. I'd crazy. be gone. I'd be filing yeah. for bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we could do a whole episode about, like, what the fallout in terms of, like, people in this industry is going to be from these strikes, you know, because yeah. I'm sure every day people drop that are like, I can't do this career anymore. Absolutely. Um, and I give The Rock a lot of shit but I want to shout him out specifically because he made a seven figure donation to SAG. And I think all the, all the unions um, for just paying people and, you know, Jason Momoa, there's a lot of people who are out there who like donated like $80,000 worth of water. Like the actors being on the front lines of this, because not every actor, as we know is huge and famous, but there Mm -hmm. are, the 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 top line for actors is much higher than the top top line for writers and so sure. you have the power of Colin Farrell being out there and like that is something that people will take notice of and you know it, it not all of them are donating but like that's something substantial that that gives power to the unions because it means yeah. we can all stay out there for just a little bit longer you know yeah and like that's you know if there's a seven figure donation and that goes to i know they there are payroll like charities and whatnot yes. that they've set up. Yes. Charities is the wrong words, but well, like fundraiser, yeah. fundraisers. Yeah. Uh, that they've set up to help people like get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think we said this a couple weeks ago when this was first happening is like, there is a lot of money in SAG. Yeah. You know, like the, the net worth of the top, like 1% of SAG is massive. Billions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, if they're if they're standing in solidarity, there's you know they can hold out. Um, yeah. But let's uh, let's talk about the kind of stuff that's getting getting delayed here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as I said, Dune Two um, is looking. I don't know if it's one hundred percent been moved at this point, um, but is looking at pushing to twenty twenty four. Yeah. Just like ditch the the year completely. Yep. Um, which like. Then didn't Dune one get delayed like fifteen times too? Yeah, like <laughs> it, well into COVID. Yeah, poor Denise Villeneuve is probably God. Poor Denise Villeneuve, but yeah, he's probably just like, what is like, what the hell, man? Like, can I just not catch a break um, here? <laughs> yeah, um, and it's not like he's like releasing other movies in between. No, but, no. Uh, so that's getting pushed back. Yes, theoretically. Um, we're getting bumped back on the color purple. Mm-hmm. Um, which is coming soon. And is I think that would qualify as one of those ones that's like probably not a lot of people know it's coming. And needs that Um, marketing push. And a marketing campaign is going to do wonders for it because, I mean, it is like a known property. um, Right. Property is a weird word for that, but like title, a known title, I guess. Right. But like, yeah, it's going to need that ad campaign. Yeah. And in that same vein, Luca Guadagnino's new movie Challengers with um, Mike Mike Faced and Zendaya also pushed because, again, another really small A24 movie, I think it's A24, that just, if you don't have that, no one knows it's coming. Similar Problemista, similar to Poor Things, Yorgos' movie, you know, and not all of these are getting pushed to 2024, but at very least they're getting pushed a couple months into December to try and, like, basically stay out the, like kind of stay yeah. here during the strike. 
there's like a there's there's a mix. I mean, there's some that are moving like a whole year. There's some that are moving a couple months. I think mm-hmm. a couple of them have just pushed a couple weeks to try. I know Gran Turismo one like week went I back think. two. I want to say two weeks, which is giving Oppenheimer uh, another week in in IMAX. Which is giving yeah. <laughs> so let's fucking yeah. go. <laughs> which I guess the series are probably like yeah. Right, let's whatever. go. Wait, uh, did you know Gran Turismo was Neil Blomkamp? I did. What the fuck is because what is this I remember doing? the first time I saw this trailer, I was like, "This movie is gonna be so." I mean, like we were just talking with like pairing weird movies with auteurs. I'm like, I watched this trailer and I was rolling my eyes for this whole thing until it said directed by Neil Blomkamp, and I was like, like, "Oh, <laughs> well, now I have to see this." Yeah. You mean because, the guy who directed like, District what Nine directed this? Is doing like a video game movie like okay um all right rock and roll um fun fact when i was in the theater there was a trailer for this uh yeah at the at the front mm-hmm. um with orlando bloom and they did like a little intro yeah. to it oh jesus really <laughs> they did like a little like here's like a little behind the scenes yeah. thing and then the trailer um <laughs> and orlando bloom was in the behind the scenes thing and the dude looked rough he looked like he hadn't slept in like three weeks he's yeah. like bags under his eyes gray hair it's just yeah. like hair all over the place and i'm like well i know blue me okay man you good bro I'm like you're right those pirates checks not clearing anymore yeah <laughs> let's be real it's the lord of the rings checks at these points true at this point totally uh, true but uh yeah so Gran Turismo going back a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that'll really do anything, but that's one of those ones that I'm like, that's got to be like done. Oh, it's you done. Know? And they got a little bit of an ad campaign in there for that. There's trailers out and stuff like that. But it's supposed it, to it, come out in it, two weeks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was ever going to do huge numbers. So like it not having as big of an ad campaign, I feel like is right. Who knows? And pushing it further back is actually better. As far away from Barbie and Oppenheimer as you can get is going to be the best yeah. for you in terms of theatrical releases. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Like the Haunted Mansion is just kind of in this weird like, why are you putting this here? Like one should have been in October. Two shouldn't have been made in the first place. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you think this is going to unseat anything? Yeah. Come on. Um, come on. 24. Oh, for the this, weekend? The opening weekend. Uh, twenty four million dollars. Not abysmal, not but bad. But but like not the ninety six that no, like Barbie did right domestically. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. Um. So I mean to just push through kind of the other stuff here because I do want to talk about something on the other side of this. Totally. Um. The untitled Ghostbusters sequel has been pushed. Mm-hmm. Um. Which to me is kind of like yeah we can't film this right. Um, it's not shot yet. Karate Kid yeah. same thing. It may be. It may be partially shot or whatever but karate kid untitled karate kid film same kind of thing beyond the spider-verse is off the calendar indefinitely and that we don't know because they haven't shot they haven't done anything for it yet so i'm like they can't shoot it they can't do anything well yeah i mean or animated they can't do any act voice (laughs) acting you know what i mean (laughs) um yeah so that's crazy that we just don't know when that's coming Mm -hmm. at all Bad Boys sequel to which I'm like, yeah, okay, that needs an ad campaign. I'm yeah. like, Yikes. whatever. Um, Venom 3, I think, has been pushed. So um, Craven is an interesting one mm. because that has been pushed from October of this year to next August. Yes. Which is yes. fucking crazy. 
Which, yeah, that's, I mean, it's one of those that I feel like the studio kind of is, studios are going, well, this needs to be a summer release. And it probably needs some reshoots. <laughs> and it probably, well, they can't shoot it. I mean, you know, true, like, true. But they're like, let's um, give it to next August so we can maybe reshoot in like December. <laughs> yeah. So everything's moving. Yeah. Everything's moving back. Um, and like, as long as these strikes continue, they're going to keep pushing these back. They have to. And we're going to get to a point, and I don't know if this is in like October, November, or if this is like February, or if this is like, yeah. you know, next May, but we're going to get to a point where there's, there's nothing. not really anything hitting. No. Um, you know, like it, it may end up like it was in COVID where like a couple uh, distributors just go, fuck it and put it out. Right. You know, it's like, we can't just sit on this. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. But like, they're going to sit on Dune until they think they can get the most money out of it that they can. Spider-Verse As we've too, seen yeah. them do with Dune before. Yes. <laughs> with Dune before. Yes. You know. Um, so like, what does that world look like? Dude. You know, when, when you're what's premiering this week is like one thing. And it's something know? that no one's heard of at all. Yeah. It might not be good. Like, and it's like a weird non-union shoot that's like <laughs> exactly you know. it's a it's a it's on freebie yeah um well it's weird because we're in such a like a like we have almost too much t- good stuff to watch in theaters right now which is not something yeah. that's normal like we're just it feels like we're just getting out of like not just covid but the superhero era like right now is such a good baseline for what theaters could be and yeah. to know that even as soon as, you know, as when you're listening to this, it will be August already. And as soon as this month, things are getting mm-hmm. shifted. Like, that is crazy. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like, we're feeling this now, like literally right now. And the strikes have been going on for, yes, 90 days is a lot of time. But in the grand scheme of a year, three months isn't yeah. that much time. And like, even that span. And like, we'll, we'll say for SAG, like... SAG is not more important, but they are more important to on-site production. And yeah. with what what did you say? 14 days of striking? 17. Yeah. 17 days they've had to push basically every major film that they have that's not done back an entire year. Like yeah. 17 days and they've had to do this. That's that's power, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's power. Shows who um, has the real power here. Well, it makes you wonder, like, what's what's the mentality in the studio system right now? Yeah. Like, there's got to be some kind of level of distress. At yeah, least. like panic. Maybe not full out panic, but, but like close. distressed for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the only thing like I kind of think of is I'm like. And I mean, this would be a different conversation for theaters per se, but like, do you think some of these studios, do you think Netflix is going like, we got plenty on our platform? You know, we. it's weird because I, I don't, like I want to, my mentality, okay, coming from my point of view, and I, I don't say this with any like meaning to dissuade, and I don't say this with any kind of negative intention towards the the unions and whatnot mm-hmm. but i've said this before on this podcast like they could not release anything for a year and i wouldn't run out of content to watch they could yeah two years three years you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like i'm like i'm not gonna run out of movies to watch right um 
and on it, like neither is anyone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like my thought around that is like, are these studios just like, yeah, we can like wait this out, whatever they all watch it. But at that same time, I'm like, there was the news release the other day that like, uh, is it the peacock? Uh, thing? Peacock was lost like $400 million last year. And is standing to lose like $4 billion this year. And is standing to lose like so much more this year. And like Disney is struggling financially, like across the board with all of, with like Disney plus and their parks and everything. And like all of these things, all of these streaming bets, you know, the bill comes due and 2024 was kind of their marker of like, this is when we'll be profitable for a long time. So it's like, like, yes, I'm not going to run out of things to watch. Right. But like running out of things to watch might sound like not running out of things to watch to the studios might sound like a comforting thing. But if you dig like one layer deeper, it's like, yeah, but like you're losing money on all of this stuff. And like the one bankable thing you have of like these tentpole right. productions Gone. are just not happening, you know? Yeah. It's like they're kind of digging themselves into their own second COVID. Yes. Without all the horrifying pandemic part, but like. Right. They're doing it to COVID themselves. COVID as like a metric. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's um, crazy is like it's the big streamers will be okay. Like Netflix and Prime, they'll be okay. Disney yeah. Plus is different because Disney's a bigger thing. But like Paramount, Peacock, like the small guys, they're yeah. not going to be okay. Like this is really going to do a number because I think a lot of people tune into Paramount or Showtime for, oh, Mavericks on this or like Babylon just came to Showtime. Yeah. like. That's what people go there for. And if you don't have those new day and date releases or like close to it, you don't have a reason to be there. Like I have a free trial to Paramount Plus only because Beast Wars is on there. That's it. I was like, yeah. okay, I have Apple TV. Like it's giving me a seven day trial. I want to watch Beast Wars so I can talk to you about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's not there. You should go back and watch the original Beast Wars. Just put that out I there. totally, you're totally right. Um, but that's it. Like they're struggling and they yeah. have been struggling. So no, I don't think they're going to be okay. And I don't think that they can hold out as long as they think that they can or, or as well, long as they weird. want you to think that they can. It's, I was so surprised to see the Peacock thing because I'm like, I right? fucking love Peacock. I love Peacock. I watch Peacock probably the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's, if it's tanking, absolutely it's got, tanking. It's, it's got everything. You know what I mean? And I'm like, if it, I don't know. It's such a weird, I went, we're getting away from it here, but I, like, know. I went down this whole rabbit hole the other day where I was like, if Peacock, if they fold Peacock and they decide not to do it again, like what happens? Are they going to license all of those things oh, back to Netflix? Totally. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, is it, are we going to just be like, Netflix is like, yeah, here's parks and rec and the office, the office and all this stuff. Like again, it's all back friends. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Well, Friends is on Mac. True, but, Friends is on Max, but um, but even know. HBO is licensing their content because they can't afford it. Like it's it's we're back to like what a weird is Netflix gonna become the only streaming service again? <laughs> Can you imagine if in five years we're just back down to like Netflix and Max? That that would be awesome. That would be fucking wild. That would be hilarious. Like, that would be <laughs> not on my bingo card at all. Just. Imagine just like Netflix being like, we ain't changing shit. And they didn't have to. 
It's an old Patton Oswald bit, I believe. I'm like, we're not changing a goddamn thing. Let uh, them have their Peacock. Yeah. Let them have their Paramount Plus. They'll come crawling back to us. And you know what? It's because anyway. studios can't contain themselves and they're always trying to overreach. Um, yes. But not that Netflix doesn't. Not that they don't, but they, ha- <laughs> you know, they had the luxury of yeah. being able to do that. Um. So, yeah, I mean, to, to come back to the, the pack here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This. Uh, everything's changing. Everything. Like this is going to get darker before it gets better. Yes. I think. Totally. Um, and it's not like looking like a win for either side right now, which is really disappointing. It is. You know, I'm like, if, if like both of you are staring bad situations, you know, in the teeth, like. And not budging. Like, like do something. Yeah. Someone has to do something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We will continue to cover it. Yeah. Um, and we will, uh, We will see what we can find to talk about on on Tuned In as all of the... I think you more than me I know. will be like, well, so I haven't been to the theaters in three weeks. So I watched uh, a movie from the 50s, the 40s, and the 60s this week. I watched Modern Times with Tar- <laughs> yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Exactly. Went on an Orson uh, Welles binge, and uh, here's what I found. Um, I would love to go on an Orson Welles binge. Oh, I would love it. it that would be wild. Sounds like a great time. TCM, get at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up Orson Welles on Letterboxd now. God damn it. God, that would be great. Yeah. Anyway. Anyhow. Uh, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, I think, as we say always, um, stand with the WGA. Stand, stand with, with SAG. After it. They are fighting for like their careers. Their careers. And their livelihood. And the future of this thing that we all love. Yeah. Versus the studios who are fighting for um, money. You know money and their release dates and their promotional campaigns and right. all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, Bit the business side of things versus the personal yes. side of things. Yes. All <sighs> right. All right. Well, that'll do it. That was an interesting conversation. It is. It was. I landed in some new stuff in my head there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Recommendation right. time? Recommendations. Yes. This was um, your prompt. This is my prompt because we're talking about Barbie so much. I was like, let's talk about toy movies. Yeah, let's really talk um, about toys. So we're going to recommend um, a toy movie. Yeah. Or a movie about toys, a movie based on toys, kind of uh, whatever. Yeah. Open-ended. Um, yeah. Up to interpretation. Yeah. Shall I go first or shall you? Uh, you shall. I want you to go first. I'm curious on this one because I immediately thought of the movie I'm recommending. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Um, and like part of me is like, it's very possible that it's the same, same one. We'll see. We'll see. I highly doubt uh, it, but we'll see. All right. I'm recommending a movie from 1998 mm-hmm. um, called Small Soldiers. I love this movie so much. I love this movie so much. This is the ultimate toy movie. More Say than what Toy you will Story. About toy Story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any of that. This is like. Just Joe Dante's like absurd balls to the wall, <laughs> balls to the wall, like toys are alive. <laughs> toys are alive movie. Um, basic premise is uh, a toy maker um, gets bought by a massive conglomerate that also runs a. Uh, I love. I haven't seen this movie in decades. Same, and I know all the details still. Oh yeah. Um. So a. Uh, 
a multinational conglomerate buys a toy company. Uh, another part of that company is a defense contractor. Uh, the um, toy makers are looking for the new hot thing. They order AI chips uh, that are meant to go in missiles. <laughs> and they instead go in these small toys. Of course. Um, and there's two sides. There's the soldiers and the... Um, Oh, what are they called? Oh, what are they called? Hold on. The Commando Elites and the Gorgonites. The Gorgonites, yes. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, so soldiers, Commando Elites, and Gorgonites, which are like a peaceful monster alien race kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the soldiers go ape shit and try and kill everything. It gets really dark really fast. It does. It's possibly one of my favorite Tommy Lee Jones performances of all time. Yes. Um, he plays, uh, the, the lead there. Um, chip hazard, chip, plays hazard, chip hazard. Yes. Um, Frank, uh, Langanella plays Archer, the, the leader of the Gorgonites. And it's just an insane cast all the way down the line. David Cross, Jay Moore. They're the two, uh, toy makers that, that put musicians chips in toys. <laughs> Uh, Dennis Leary, Gregory Smith, Kirsten Dunst is like a little girl in it. Yeah. Um, Phil Hartman, Kevin Dunn, like just down the line. And <laughs> even just looking at like Christopher Guest, <laughs> Christopher, look, looking at the, the, um, the, the soldiers here, it's like Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Brown, Bruce Dern. Yeah. Christopher Guest, just amazing. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci played Barbies, essentially. Yes. Gwendy dolls. Yes. Um, so amazing. I love this movie so much. I want to watch this movie right Totally now. underrated. Um, um, yeah, kind of just like faded away. Um, well, it got, it was overshadowed by Pixar. Like it became like the, yeah. oh, the toy movie is Toy Story. And, and, and Toy Story yeah. is a masterpiece, but Small um, Soldiers is underrated. Yeah. Directed by, directed by Joe Dante, who, who did Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know many tons other of things, classics but, yeah joe dante yeah but yeah it's joe dante um so yeah that's my recommendation small soldiers it's a great Amazing. one it's a great one actually this was the very first movie that popped into my head and i was like i had a feeling you were gonna choose it so i was like there's no way i could do it so so where did you land becomes the question the where I landed was a film from 1988 directed by Tom Holland. No, not that Tom Holland because he is younger <laughs> than I am, so he would not have been around at that point. The Tom Holland that directed uh, classics such as The Langoliers and Fright Night, mm-hmm. and this movie is called Child's Play, the original yes. Child's Play, uh, which introduced us to the original Chucky doll, which somehow is still going strong. I believe there is currently a show on right now that's Child's Play, and there was even a movie a couple years ago featuring Aubrey Plaza that was Child's Play. So, like, this is still going. Um, and I will say, I, I did kind of think that this is where you would go. Okay, I was like... When I thought a little bit, when I was, like, thinking, like, other toy movies, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I had to go with Chucky. a Josh pick yep. on this one, you know. Um, yeah. And... It's the classic story of a doll who has, uh, who basically <laughs> comes to life after having the soul of a murderer absorbed inside it, and then that doll is purchased by a mom and her child, and then like you do, shit hits the fan as as typically happens in these kinds of movies. It is. Um, you could argue it's not very good, but the way that I see it is, this film is so committed to the bit 
that I can't mm. help but love it. It's schlocky and it's stupid and it's over the top, but it is also like ingenious in a really weird kind of way because like this time period of films, there were, especially horror films, the killer usually is like almost not a character. Like you have the Michaels yeah. and the Jasons and really the generic cl- fear incarnate. Right. Kind of Scr- like even yeah. like ghost faces, like, Yes, but also no. Like, there's something there that's like kind of like there's a wall. But you know, this film and Friday or and um, Nightmare on Elm Street, like these are like shit talking like villains yeah. that have personality. And part of it is because this is actually a person embodied in a doll, and whatever you want to <laughs> you want to say about that. But um, it's it's just a fun time. It's a cla- it's a horror classic. It's one that I'm like, if you're going through the the you know the history of horror. And especially slashers, this is one that you can't overlook because it is such a classic, and it is frightening. Like it's it's weird, yeah. but it's also like, oh, this is kind of fucked. Like you can also see where so much, so much of like the you know personified dolls coming to life is literally from this. Like this is where it all yeah. came from. And- That's I was gonna say. There's so many like yeah <laughs> things in that kind of vein that exist. That all comes from all from comes Chucky. from from child's play. And I mean, there's like twelve different movies in the series, so do with that what you will. But yeah, I just I can't I can't not do it. Movies about toys, child's play. It's streaming on Max right now. Um, it's weird. This one and the Bride of Chucky, I think, are the ones that stand tall. But it's worth yeah. checking the whole series out because it's so ridiculous and funny. Um, and yeah, so Child's Play, 1988, an interesting nice. double feature on that one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like almost actually could could play a little pretty well because like it would small work. soldiers for what it is does get kind of dark oh it's dark you yeah. know they uh they find flamethrowers and chainsaws like yeah there's know. murder potential um, like <laughs> yeah interesting yeah all right well there, well, there you there go. go there we have it uh <laughs> so let's bring it home yeah uh josh where can people find you on the internet uh people can find me on the internet I'm just going to go with Instagram and Letterboxd. I don't really use threads or Twitter, so let's let's just yeah. leave it at that. Um, you can find me at Josh J. Fuller on both of those platforms. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, I'll, I'll reach for the same thing. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. Uh, I'm actually on Letterboxd quite a bit these days. Yes, I see. And I great love considering it. I like don't, you know. You're not a social media. I wasn't person. using it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't using it at all like a year ago. Um <laughs> But uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Letterbox at Pixel Splitters. Uh, we keep that pretty up to date with all of our recommendations, including uh, Small Soldiers and Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. I love that prompt. It's such a good prompt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like other interesting ones. I I think I thought of Ted. Ted's good. Um, that's a good one. Um, I mean, there's all the the you know Toy Stories, Lego Movie, Batman yeah. Lego Movie. Um, there's all the ones you were saying, Megan and uh, yeah. You uh, could even AI. kind of put Saw in there for a weird kind of thing. Yeah, the puppet. Yeah. Um, um, AI was one I saw. AI is good, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I feel like I have to revisit AI. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of things in the past couple weeks that were like it's actually a masterpiece. Holy shit, this movie's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gee, a Stanley Kubrick. Uh, steven spielberg movie right together should be incredible yeah <laughs> yeah um all right uh that'll be it yeah um as always we're glad you made it to the end dear listener yeah. um and we'll be back with more more news next week we shall yeah yeah jumanji too that's a game movie oh it's good a call movie. oh good call 
Is it toy? Are board games toys? Games. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's a... I don't... I'm not sure we're ready for that conversation. Yeah. All right. There we go. Let's end it. Uh, end of pod. <laughs>